You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride, take a cab, find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sarrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lagging, baby? What's crack a lagging? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Mexico's president says his country will fulfill the commitments made in the agreement hashed out with the U.S. that avoids President Trump's tariff threat. Mexico says it will reinforce its southern border and accept more asylum seekers in its territory. NPR's Kerry Khan reports a Mexican president held a rally at the border this weekend to praise the deal and his relationship with the United States. On the streets of the northern border city of Tijuana, just blocks from the U.S. border, President Manuel Andres López Obrador told a large crowd that dialogue is best for both countries and their people. Billed as a national unity rally following a tough week in negotiations with the U.S. over migration policy, López Obrador urged President Trump to do more to attack the root causes of migration. He called on Trump to not just raise his fist, but to extend an open hand. The Mexican president does not openly challenge Trump, but does launch criticism at times. Lopez Obrador says the U.S. must invest in his development program for Central America, which he says will do more to stop migration than coercive tactics. Kerry Kahn, NPR News. The agreement is getting a mixed reaction on Capitol Hill. Some Republicans who spoke out against tariffs are hailing the deal, but House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says threats and temper tantrums are no way to negotiate foreign policy. She also said she is disappointed by the expansion of what's called the Remain in Mexico policy as a violation of migrants' legal rights. 
group of 20 finance ministers have wrapped up their meeting in Japan ahead of a summit in Osaka at the end of the month. And Pierce Anthony Kuhn reports from Seoul that the trade war between the United States and China cast a long shadow over the meeting. Japan's finance minister Taro Aso said the prospects for resolving the trade war are unclear and this could damage trust in world markets. Japanese officials generally do not share the Trump administration's view that trade imbalances can be solved through trade wars, but they appear to have refrained from public criticism. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin met with China's central bank governor Yi Gang on Sunday, but said that major progress would have to wait for a meeting of President Trump and China's leader Xi Jinping in Osaka. If no deal is reached, the U.S. will hike tariffs on an additional $300 billion worth of Chinese imports. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Seoul. Fire crews in Northern California have been out all night fighting wildfires that prompted mandatory evacuations in parts of Yolo County. About 125 people have been forced to leave their homes by what's being called the Sand Fire. It's burned some 1,700 acres this weekend. Cal Fire spokesperson Sandy Wargo. Once we start hit the, hitting summer months, we are not getting rains like other states. The hot and dry weather conditions prompted Pacific Gas and Electric to cut off electricity to some customers to reduce wildfire risk. This is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side... President Trump touched down in the U.K., hurling himself into the country's political turmoil. Before even landing on British soil, he tweeted his disdain for London Mayor Sadiq Khan, whom he describes as a stone-cold loser. The two are not scheduled to meet. I think he's betraying a quite stupefying ignorance that makes him, frankly, unfit to hold the office of President of the United States. I think Donald Trump is clearly out of his mind because he's that sensible. Way too quickly, you can't ban people going to the United States in that way or indeed to any country. You can feel the intense behind it, you know. And so I felt it. I felt the heat from it. I felt it in our eyes. I knew exactly what it was. Well, I mean, I just think that for our allies, Barack Obama is still the president. No, okay. no, no, I'm not going to like what you do. I'm never comparing legacy. Okay. The legacies are completely different. LeBron's not done yet. Michael Jordan undefeated in the NBA Finals. I'm not comparing the nostalgia of Michael Jordan. Like Mike, I get that we were all raised like that. You cannot tell me in a one-on-one game now that LeBron James wouldn't dominate Mike. Mm-hmm. Oh, in a one-on-one game, LeBron James, 6'9", 260 pounds. If the game was at 7, I think LeBron would win 7-3. to three. Sweet, oh, sweet Lord. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wild Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Wild. It's Sunday morning to you folks. Today is June 9th. 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best. I'm J. Rouse. Glad you're here on a beautiful Sunday morning. I hope it's a beautiful day in your neck of the woods. And as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the folks that brings you this show on a weekly basis right here on the TGRS Radio Network. First up, 
he has become a permanent hoster guy. I'm just going to call it what it is, right? He is still the official texter of the show, and if you want to hear from him, you can. That's not an issue. But at the end of the day, he's right here live in the living color. Let's say good morning to the educated rapper himself, Mr. Johnny D. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Welcome in. Good morning, Brother Jay. Good morning to everyone, uh, listeners, and uh, Les and Miss Vanessa and Jerome and whomever else may be one of the contributors. Uh, looking forward to having a, a, an outstanding dialogue today. And again, just, just blessed and uh, thankful to be here. Absolutely. The man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only, the one who really runs everything around here, just FYI. The one and only, Mr. L to the E to the S. Mr. Elias, man, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, sir. And how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Hawk. Good morning, everyone. Um, good morning. Dude, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with this chat room, but we still cannot open it up. I keep getting oops. You know? Well, are you able to get in? That's sure. No, I haven't tried it. Uh, we've been having some technical difficulties this morning as well. I'm not sure if it's just us or if it's other uh, shows on the platform. Um, you, you know, you kind of assume that other people would report it by now, but it uh, looks like we're still getting some issues. So we'll send a ticket in. Sorry, folks, uh, but you can hear our voice. And as long as you can hear our voice, that's a good thing. We appreciate it. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. the call-in number. At least you can hear the show. Vanessa Mae Bell is not in this morning, and uh, our dear friend and contributor, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome, is pretty easily joins us after his clear channel commitment. So he'll be here until then. We'll hold it down. And once again, the number is 347 And if you're listening on social media, maybe this is just a signal. Maybe this is a signal for you to head your way over to some of these social media sites that we monitor throughout the show. Because apparently... The chat room is becoming unreliable. But, however, we will continue to try to get in to see if it's on our issue, on our end versus on theirs. But until then, we'll keep the show going, Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. A lot to get into this morning. Let me give you the breakdown. And because usually if you're tuning in, you usually can see the marquee. But like Mr. Elias is mentioning right now as we talk about some issues we're having with the format, because I was having issues, didn't get the lot up in, so let me tell you what to expect this morning on the serious side. First up, we're going to talk about these tariffs that just went down. You know, I mean, the, the, the politics of bullyism, I mean, it looks like, is it working? I mean, bottom line is this is the way the president operates. This is the new age. Hopefully this is over within the next amount of months, but we'll see. But However, it's here today, so we'll have that conversation next. Plus, a favorite, uh, your thoughts, please, YTP, where we try to tackle as many topics as we can. Can in a 30-minute block. That should be fun. And last but not least, who's the GOAT? LeBron or Michael Jordan? Hmm. I know what you're thinking. What type of topic is that for the serious side? Stay tuned and you'll find out. Once again, the number is 347 Let's get right into it. Mr. Elias, uh, looks like Mexico, Mexico, I should say, they've uh, they bowed out to the pressure and they decided that, okay, we're going to go ahead and play ball with the Trump administration. Now, what people don't realize is that, you know, Mexico had already agreed to this a while back. But, you know, since it's front-page news, Donald Trump is walking around saying, hey, listen, I told you I can get it done. I got it done. So should the president get any credit for this, Mr. Elias, the fact that he threatened to put the American uh, economic system uh, in a just total chaotic downturn if he had gone through with this? Your thoughts? No, he shouldn't get any credit for this, man. Stop it. No, no. What, what, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening with China? 
What's happening with China? Okay, well, we're not talking about China. We're talking about the tariffs. Why shouldn't he get credit for it? He, didn't, he, that, he made it happen. Well, why shouldn't he get credit? That, that's a tariff, isn't it? I mean, China's a tariff. You're talking about tariffs this morning. Tariffs avoided. That ain't avoided China still. Like, they have not bent. If we're talking about tariffs, are you talking about just one specific tariffs or tariffs, period? Because he shouldn't get credit for that either. This is what well, Mr. This is what the Trump critics say They say that people don't give the president A fair shake Now you have turned this into China We're not talking about China We're talking about the Mexico I do what they do I do what they do That's what I'm doing I'm doing exactly <laughs> what they do okay. What about President Obama okay. What about President Obama What, what about, about him and what, about what about him Exactly That's what I'm talking about this is, this is exactly what they do, and when we do that, everybody's going, well, you got to go higher. No, I'm going to go just like they do. What about the tariffs in China that the that farmers are that suffering over? you talking about tariffs, let's talk about tariffs. Let's just don't talk about what he, what, uh, Mexico, who had already But you're switching the anyway. topic. It doesn't huh? matter. I mean, you have to be able to walk and chew, chew gum while you're in office, Mr. Elias. And so the president would, has, you know, his bullying tactics has today. worked. Yeah, but no, 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 we're China? talking about. I said Mexico. I started the conversation off no, with Mexico. Said, I didn't say anything about tariffs in general. I think I think I can okay. the tariffs. It says tariffs. Did the tariffs work? Okay, that's what the uh, marquee okay. say. Right. I'm looking at the marquee. Well, well you're not. Well, you're, well, you're not going. You're not going. You're not going to uh, cooperate. So let me, let me go to some, a man with a more of a calming influence, Johnny D. Johnny D. What do you think, man? Should the president get credit for what just happened with Mexico and the fact that Mexico has decided to, hey, we're going to go ahead and play ball with the Trump administration, even though, like I said before, they had already agreed to this months prior. Jay, I'm going to stay in line on this one with with, with Les. Uh, now, for different oh reasons. Oh, my God, man. He's rubbing off on you, man. He's rubbing off on you. No, no, because, you know, the, the, the reality of it is that this here, what this has proven and what this should prove to the American people and to the world is that Donald Trump is willing to bully up on those nations that have darker pigmentation. There's no difference between Canada and Mexico. Uh, other than the fact of, you know, his his initial um, campaign promise that he is going to build a border wall. So he'll utilize this on the campaign stump as if this was some great deal and that uh, he imposed his will on Mexico. But the reality of it is it is no more than just a, a an idle um, policy by Mexico. As you said, Mexico was already gearing towards this. Mexico already has their, their their armed forces on the border in the fight against the drugs. So then it's not as if they're going to take these 6,000. They're already deployed throughout the border trying to deal with the drug cartels. Now, whether or not it be that they are, are, are participating in it or what have you, they've already got their, their, their troops and stuff deployed that way. As far as the economic impact, uh, it certainly would have been more detrimental to Mexico um, in the long term as far as these particular tariffs. But the American public still is going to suffer because of the tariffs that was imposed on China. Yet we, 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 will, we will benefit from auto parts and uh, some electronics, but the majority of the electronics and the auto parts come from our, our Asian and, and European brethren. Uh, I, I heard um, 
on the news, uh, of course, it was the Fox News where one of the Republican senators, uh, Joni Ernst, was, was speaking so boldly about, you know, how Donald Trump is a great uh, negotiator and, and he sealed the deal and the farmers uh, in Iowa will benefit from it. And then, of course, you watch another news channel, read another article that's not as biased as Fox, and then the farmers say that they still don't see how this is going to benefit them both long or short term. So I don't think that he gets a pat on the back. I don't think that he gets kudos. And as far as Mexico is concerned, Mexico is just simply uh, utilizing the political diplomacy and saying, okay, we understand who this leader is. If you cater to his ears, then he will take the pressure off. And clearly they need pressure. When you've got that many people coming through Mexico, from Guatemala, El Salvador, and Central America coming through that country, and even your, 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 your nationals trying to get to America so that they can build a better life and, and hopefully build up the, the Mexican economy, it, it's something that you have to look at the long-term effects. Um, you know, years ago I had the opportunity to be stationed near uh, Mexico and went to uh, Nogales several times, and I saw the poor conditions then. And then recently, about 10 years ago, I had another opportunity to go to Mexico, not in Nogales, but the conditions have not changed that drastically. So, yeah, as, as, as a leader of a country, I'm going to not try to antagonize this guy because I understand what lengths he will go to to destroy not only our nation but our people. Now, okay, let me push back a little bit on you now. You, you said that because, you know, Mexico is a nation of darker, complected people. I mean, but but how does that – that's the case. How do we explain his attitude towards Saudi Arabia? I mean, they're dark, complected people as well. Well, I, I will say this right here. Of all the countries that I have uh, visited, um, and, again, I'm, I'm not a world traveler, but I've been to several of them, the lighter pigmentation mm-hmm. – Persons are the ones of influence um, Of economic wealth I think that Donald Trump's Ability to try to Foster relationships With Saudi Arabia Is not about arms It is about economic um, Sustainability After his presidency He is trying to build an empire So as he continues in, in this office His political capital Is plummeting but his economic capital and his name and his brand is is, is, is becoming more wealthy uh, as, as we move on. If, if you, when this guy gets out of office, he will probably be the, the most um, media cast president in the history of, of that office. So the relationship with Saudi Arabia is, is simply monetary, and I think that's where. Mexico does not present that opportunity as Saudi Arabia does. Good point. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You listen to the serious side of the Jay Rouse show. Twenty minutes after the hour, talking about the Mexican tariffs, the fact that Mexico has decided to play ball with the United States. Now, to me, I look at it this way, guys. I look at it; it's just smoke and mirrors. Because you know what President Trump is great at is the fact he is great at changing the narrative. To keep eyeballs off the fact that he told Hope Hicks not to to comply with a, a government sub- subpoena, uh, the fact that he's um, told his uh, White House, his ex 
former White House counsel not to. The fact that we have all this nonsense that's going on. Another thing that's in the news is that when he went to Great Britain, we'll talk about that next set. He went to Great Britain, he took his old family there, so they went on the taxpayer's dime while they were promoting Trump business interests overseas. You know, so to me what the guy does is is that he finds ways to change the narrative. We're not talking about we had another kid that died in U.S. custody. We're not talking about that we had a busload of immigrants, Mr. Elias, uh, in parking lots sleeping overnight on buses. Uh, we're not talking about those things. So you can say what you want about this guy, but he's a smart man when it comes to the, the, uh, uh, when it comes to the uh, nature of, you know, hey, look at this. Here's the shiny object. But meanwhile, I got my hand in your back pocket taking your wallet. I mean, he's great at this. And so, you know, people need to keep their eye on the prize. And this is the reason, Mr. Elias, why this guy can get away with this nonsense. Say what? Is, he, is, it, is it that he's smart or is it that the American people, he realizes how, how dumb the American people are? There's a reason why. No, he's smart. Jay, that they don't, that, come on, Jay. There's a reason why they don't put emphasis on, on education. There's a reason why. There's a reason why they took civics out of high school, Jay. I'm there's, there's reasons I'm why with you on that. they don't want to. <laughs> so it ain't that he's so smart. If he was so smart, everybody would be falling for the banana in the tailpipe, Jay. Everybody would. Well, it's well, just the American people. That's not a true statement because, listen, Mr. Elias, the reason why I say that, uh, with all due respect, the reason why I say that is because you have people who are criminals, and we say to them, my God, if they apply their knack for business and their ability to do things on the right side of the fence, they'd be cool. You wonder why you have these people who sit here and create these criminal enterprises. You're like, my God, this guy is a smart guy, but he he, he chooses to walk on the wrong side of the tracks. Listen, he's not smart from an intellectual. That's all they were so offered. As, 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 that's all they were offered. That's all that they had. That's the only way they could make money on a lot of these That's guys. not true. So let, let's start. Well, now you look at Bernie. No, no, no. Bernie Madoff, was a, he, come on, he came from a silver tongue. That guy, was he was a crook. And, and he used all okay, his man, criminal, about, he, he used about, all his geniuses to be a, about, a criminal. I'm talking about the dope dealers. I'm talking about the dope dealers. I'm not talking about the dope dealers. I didn't say that. Like that. You're stereotyping them. I didn't say that. That's what I'm that. talking about. I said, I, I, they run, well, I, I'm criminal okay. enterprise. What? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about as far well, as I'm not talking about that. Enterprise. I'm just, my point, my whole point to this whole thing, man, is the fact that the guy is crazy like a fox. He knows how to change the narrative. We're, he has everyone in the world talking about this stuff. And meanwhile, we had children in vans in a parking lot in Texas who spent not one, but maybe two nights in a van. If these, and Johnny D, this goes back to what you were talking about. Had these kids been blue-eyed and blind, Americans would be outraged. But they're not. Yeah. And one of the yeah, reasons that they're what, not Jay, is because I, what what yeah. go ahead. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I, I'll be honest now. I, your 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 conversation is is leading towards the resolve, which I'll go back to this. I don't think that it has anything to do with his intellect. I think it's just the American uh, people desire to allow him to turn the page. You know, simply, you know, it, it's not like this guy is navigating a, a path where he is just more crafty. 
He just simply one day tells a lie and then just stops talking about it and moves on to another subject. That doesn't take a great degree of, of intellect. What that does is take the American public's desire to sit back and say, okay, you know what? Here it is. This guy is into so much that we've got to follow him, not only to, to sell our media cause and to, and to have something to talk about. You know, the other day, um, last week, I'm sitting there watching the television, and I'm going through. MSNBC comes on with, uh, what's the guy come on at 7 o'clock? I think Chris Matthews or whatever Chris, his name is. Well, Chris Matthews on the East Coast uh, is probably Chris Matthews. If it's, if it's, uh, Chris, yeah, uh, that's the one right there. Do you realize that as you had 12 individuals that were shot and killed in Virginia, they never left the topic of Trump? They stayed on course with this guy, the entire program. So, again, it's not about his intellect, but I, I, I would agree with you. His desire to simply be deceptive and, and lie to the American public and then just say, you know what, I didn't say that and move on. There is a willingness to forgive his foolishness that allows him to be able to control the narrative, not the fact that he has any intellect because he doesn't. He really and truly doesn't, and, and you're exactly right. Okay. You know, it, when, when you look at the tragedies and, and, and the travesties that's happening to all Americans, and then this guy is the focal point. So I don't, I don't think it's about intellect, but he does have the ability to get the people to step back and just simply say, you know what, let's move on from this guy right here. And because he has changed one narrative, the integrity of the office of the president has been so diminished that we understand that he is going to lie, and we accept that, and we just simply move on. Wow, that's good. Well, you know, that, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, in, in fairness to MSNBC, I watch MSNBC all day, and they and I, I think what, and I'm not making an excuse for him because you're right, but I think what happened is that it was covered pretty much all day on all the other uh, shows, so maybe at night they said, okay, we've had given it enough attention. I'm not saying they shouldn't have t- talked to it because most Americans don't have the ability to watch news all day like I do, and I don't watch it all day. I mean, I do work, but, I mean, the bottom line is on in my office. Let's bring in the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome is free. He's joining us. Mr. Jerome, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, man. How are you doing? Doing outstanding. Talking about how Donald Trump has the ability to do the, the, the swift the hand, to change a hand, right? It's like, hey, look what I have here in my right hand. Meanwhile, my left hand is in your pocket. How he's changed the narrative with all the things that's going on in this administration. He made this tariff thing a big, big, big issue. And it, and it goes back to some other thing, too. You know, I remember when he talked about how, um, uh, you know, uh, we're building all this wall. We started building wall. He's lying. That, 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 that wall was started... The part of the wall that he was referring to had already started under the Obama administration, but he takes credit for it. And he's taking credit for these tariffs with Mexico when the bottom line is Mexico a few months back had already agreed to, to, to most of these terms. So, But he put this out there because he wanted to take the spotlight away from other things. What say you? Well, I mean, this is kind of um, how this stuff works, right? He's creating a crisis just to say that he fixed it. So he he did that with the right. travel ban. He he just he, they operate like this. So even I I don't know. I think it's you know I remember George Bush during that time you know started bringing up we are at war kind of thing because they the concept is is that we don't switch presidents during wartime. So 
mm-hmm. the movie Wag the Dog or something um, came out, and they realized from, I think, Nixon to, I mean, way back, Republicans are notorious for creating conflicts or giving the illusion of a conflict just before election time so that you will feel like you want to be patriotic, right, towards um, keeping everything in place because something's going on so we can't afford to put somebody new in there. So they're constantly creating crises and uh, creating a crisis so that people don't want change, right, because now it's too important. That's why in the Democratic side, you know, where you have these surpluses under Clinton, you have a surplus under Obama, and the Republicans start making social crisis, social commentary stuff, you know. We're spending too much money on welfare, welfare queens, and all this other nonsense that they made up to get people to infight so that they come back and say, okay, we really have to fix this. Democrats don't normally do that. Like, even if you look at the crisis that we're under now, you have a criminal, right, an unindicted co-conspirator that, um, and in that indictment, by the way, he is considered the, like in a RICO, like he was the ring leader of a criminal conspiracy that somebody is actually in jail on, on now, right, and um, Cohen. And the other conspirators are not in jail because the first criminal conspirator is the president. We all know this. They're not, we're not focused enough to keep calling him a criminal or saying we need to, he needs to be in jail or he should be a prisoner, not president. Like, we don't come up with cr- catchy um, phrases that put the people in a mindset of that you're dealing with a criminal no matter what he says. Right? That's why they like to make up nicknames yeah. for everybody else. Right? You have a you have a, a, yeah. a president who should be you know who should be a prisoner. So they, we don't do that. And what happens is that those guys are great at creating something and then creating chaos. So Trump in this oh, and I want to say this really quick about MSNBC is that mm-hmm. MSNBC is still the cable version of NBC. If there's any breaking news, you should be at NBC because they're just cable subsidiaries, and those programs are just commentary. Mm-hmm. It's not technically news. And so yeah, the they break into yeah. them sometimes and they don't. And I don't. I, I agree with what um, Johnny D. said in, in that respect, that they don't cover like they should. But I also believe that they should be more focused than they are, too. They shouldn't just cover everything. So when somebody, when there is a shooting, if it's not breaking news, they need to stay focused on telling the truth. So they need to stay focused on the fact that this dude is a criminal and something happened, right? The border stuff, the children, the um, case that they're making against them. So it's a fine line, although, you know, they, they none of them really do a good job. You said, no, no, you, you said that, that's good. I'm glad you know you you explain it the right way, man. Because you're right. During the during the day, it's their live news broadcast. You're right about that, Jerome. At night, you're right. Most of it is commentary. Uh, you're absolutely correct. That's you know when you said that, I said wow, because that's what I had just said before you came on. You know they covered they had covered it pretty much most of the day, but during the day is their live news program. You're right about that. Appreciate you coming out coming up with the right words. I couldn't think of it, but go ahead, man. Finish your thoughts for me, sir. Yeah, so so the the thing about um, knowing that 
like Fox is live propaganda 24-7, so they will stay on the same topic for about three days. And that's why people who watch mm-hmm. Fox News is always programmed with a per, per, uh, specific um, um, topic and a name. Like when somebody calls someone a name and they keep calling that. That's why every time you ask anybody who is a loyal um, Fox News viewer, like 90%, they'll always say that Hillary is a criminal because that's all they arrest Hillary. They're still on that. As many laws as Trump broke, <laughs> they think Hillary should be in jail because they were on that. That's propaganda, right? And they always they yeah. think that she's fading. So the, their problem is is that it's it's effective. But I think anybody who watches Fox News, um, when they know that it's propaganda, they got a problem. I feel bad for them. Yeah. But, you know, people seem to think that, you know, we're smart and, you know, we need to check both sides and see what everybody's thinking. You're being fed propaganda. It's like saying, I don't mind being brainwashed for, for, um, for the first eight hours that I work, that, that I go to work. All I know is that mm-hmm. the rest of the day, I'm going to watch everything else free, mm-hmm. but I can be brainwashed for half the day. That does not work with your subconscious. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, too. I mean, you know, there are some people on Fox that are really trying to do the right thing. I mean, Shepard Smith, I mean, you know, Trump hates him because he, he brings it to us. He brings it straight. Uh, you know, Chris Wallace is a guy, um, you know, he's trying. He does the right thing. Even Brett Helm, which I thought was interesting, <laughs> sent out a derogatory tweet towards the president when the president had questioned something on when, – when the president had questioned why were uh, Fox allowing Democratic candidates for president to be on their airways. It was interesting to watch those exchanges. So, yeah, most of those people are ridiculous over there, but there are a few that try to do the right thing when it comes to uh, reporting the news. So, uh, well, good topic, good stuff. All right, coming up next, uh, YTP, your thoughts, please. A segment that everyone loves. I love it, too. We try to fit as many as we can in 30 minutes. So we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rao Show on a beautiful Sunday morning. Hope it's great where you are. We'll be right back after these words. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Nothing is ever the same. Changing houses. Changing faces. Different bedrooms. Different beds. And this trash bag filled with everything I have. I don't want to feel alone anymore. Help us show her she's not alone. Join us at Together We Rise to change the way kids experience foster care. One month or two? Five. Certainly, darling. Look what you did. What? You spilled. I'm sorry. It's it's just a little bit. Here you go again. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What what can I do? You can't do anything because you can't do anything right. Just shut up. They were the crazy. Kids learn a lot from their parents, including domestic violence. Stop the vicious cycle. Today. 
right, 347-850-1272. Welcome back in. It is time for one of my favorite parts of the show. But when we do them, we don't do them that often, but you know how it is. It's time for YTP, Your Thoughts, Please, where we try to tackle as many stories in a 30-minute segment. Should be fun. Without any further ado, here's the first topic of the segment. Welcome, one and all, ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. For yet... It is a good feeling, good, good feeling today, because for yet another day, America was 239 pounds smarter. Because <laughs> President Trump is still in England. Take that, you limey bastard. That is for, that is for the War of 1812 and Piers Morgan. And I'm happy to say that our British brothers are none too happy. Thousands of protesters took to the streets for what is being called a carnival of resistance against the president. Well, good for you. That sounds fun. We have to live with them. Here, it's a little less carnival of resistance and more a traveling freak show. Now... The uh, carnival uh, featured the famous Trump baby blimp. <laughs> now, I know that that might, you know, might seem unfair, but let me remind you, the blimp is anatomically correct. <laughs> Just... <laughs> and it's not just London. Protests against Trump are planned in 14 cities and towns, including uh, Oxford, uh, Chester, uh, Stoke-on-Trent, Bangers on Mash, <laughs> Mr. Beanington, uh, Stouffer's Salisbury Mac and Cheese and Shear, Sussex upon Butt Sex. <laughs> uh, Splash Mountain, and uh, finally East Southwest Northington. <laughs> so President Trump was in London this past week, and uh, he pissed off everybody. He talked about Prince Harry's wife. He talked about the mayor of London. I mean, this guy is a clown. But the big thing that happened was a group called Led by Donkeys projected an image of President Obama's approval ratings compared to his, Mr. Trump's, on the Tower of London, where it says Obama has a 72% UK approval rating and Trump only has a 21. They put out a tweet that said, hi, at real Donald Trump, just so you know, you're wildly unpopular here in Britain. Sad. People really don't like you, though they love Ed Barack Obama. Hope you like seeing your failing approval numbers projected upon the Tower of London. What a visit. Jerome, man, what say you? Your thoughts, please. You know, I, much respect to those people in London, man. They know how to protest. I don't know if you heard some of the chants that they were saying. I can't, the chants are so bad, I will not say it on a Sunday with some of the things they were trying, they were chanting about Trump. No, no lie. You know, they were calling him wow. the C word and all it, like they were singing it in a song. Is what they and I was watching wow. this stuff like man. 
for all of them, men, women, and children, <laughs> like singing a song, calling him that, in a very short, concise song, it was, I was like, well, when they don't like you, they don't like you. It brought a tear to, brought a tear to your eye, huh? It, it made you shed a tear, huh? <laughs> no, no, you know what it was, though? It just, it just tells you this. Our illusion of being polite, yeah. like, what happens is, I can, I, even on this show, if I say something, yeah. and everybody goes, well, we do have to respect people who are political enemies. That dude ain't no political enemy to me. That dude is an abomination to the whole system that, like, when you start making laws and showing that you don't like me for race or culture or whatever, you know, they don't care about yeah. kids. They don't care about any of that stuff. When you show that, then technically you don't need no respect for yeah. me. I don't have to be polite to you, and wow. I shouldn't be. So next week we're going to go on yeah. to a show, or the week after that, or next month, and we're going to be like, now can Trump win? Look at his approval rating. That, that's nonsense to me. Because we shouldn't even debate what our thoughts are about how he can win. Because that would be putting him back in the normal side of things. That dude is a criminal. He is racist. They, I mean, he is at the point where either A, and I'm not telling anybody not to participate because you got to participate to get him out. It is to a point that if anybody tells me I'm thinking about supporting Trump, I'm going to look at them and say, get out. Because... Oh you man, to, look at that! See how he did that. They're going to go to the to the fallen place. Get out! Oh, I like the way you put that together. All right, Mr. Elias, your thoughts, please, on uh, the fact that they're they really brought the noise, including the baby Trump and something else that we won't mention on the air. Your thoughts, please. Well, think about this, man. Who did he insult when he went there? People of color, right? Meghan Markle is nasty. Yeah. How many people would say Meghan Markle yeah. is nasty? Your wife is nasty because she showed her ass in a in, in a uh, in a magazine. <laughs> but nasty, that's nasty. Right. Like, but you want to call her nasty? Come on, man, stop the madness. He called, uh, the, the mayor of England is what? What is he? He's a he's a Muslim. Come on, dog. Call it like it is, man. This is what these guys about, man. Yeah, well, look at you, Mr. Elias, bringing the rhyme and reason. You know, maybe Prince Harry would probably say Megan was nasty in a Miss Jackson kind of way. All right, Mr. Uh, Johnny D, your thoughts, please. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, shame on you for the Don't do that, right Jay. There, but, uh, but, I'm sorry. By the way, now, I, I got a little different stand on on the comment that he made about the Madam Duchess. Um, and, and hearing his wording, uh, I don't think he was necessarily calling her nasty. I think they said something that she had said something about, and he said something to the effect that, well, I didn't know she had been nasty about me. So from that standpoint, uh, I haven't really jumped on that. But what what he does depict, uh, Donald Trump really validates and depicts the the sentiments of the ugly American. Uh, Once again, a debacle uh, in his lack of um, respect for cultures and humanity and dignitaries and and just the whole office in which um, he holds. And, and I agree. Uh, I, I think what Jerome is saying is, is true. We just have to call it what it is. He is a criminal and should he should be locked up. Um, forget the indictment. He should be locked up. But he is a criminal. He's an embarrassment. And he really, really defines what other countries mean by the ugly American. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Donnie Deutsch was a guy that I heard that's on MSNBC that said we need to brand him and we need to call him a criminal every opportunity we get. I mean, that's just the way that needs to be. Good stuff for that one. Uh, here comes another story. You can feel the intense behind it, you know. And so I felt it. I felt the heat from it. I felt it in her eyes. I knew exactly what it was. Jessica Richardson says she and her husband were looking to spend the holiday weekend picnicking with their dog, possibly even renting a cabin. She says they Googled a nearby Campgrounds of America location and decided to drive there. And that's when things took a turn for the worse. She jumped out and the gun was pointed at, at me, my husband, and our dog. It was just pointing at us. And one finger was on the trigger. The other finger was on the always the on the lever on the lever of the revolver. Richardson says that's when she pulled out her cell phone. The woman holding the gun identified herself as the property manager, but her choice of words were less than professional. She was just like, "Get, get! You don't belong here! You don't belong here! You don't belong here!" Richardson says the confrontation was shocking. Time stopped. Everything stopped. Yeah, I was and confused then, to what was going on. Right. I mean, we didn't like we opposed a threat to anybody. We we're out there walking our dog. Yeah, right. Nothing harmful about that. The fact that she used get, get like we were a dog. You know, get, you say get, get to a straight hog that's on your porch. Mm-hmm. And that get, get got to me more than you don't belong here. On the way out, they spoke to another campground employee outside of the office who turned out to be the woman's husband. So I get out, start talking to him, and he says, first thing he says, oh no, you don't need a reservation for the lake. And right. then she pulls up, flying, when she flies, pulling up, hops out the car, and then proceeded to yell at my wife. Get in the car. Get in the yeah, car. Yeah, you get in the car. You need to get back in the car. And, like, mm-hmm. cussing her out, and she's not even saying anything. With signs at the front entrance and two different stories from employees, the Richardsons were confused, horrified, and disappointed. The Army National Guard sergeant recently returned home from a nine-month deployment in the Middle East. It's kind of crazy. You don't have a – go over there, don't have a gun pointed at you, and come back here, and the first thing that happens, you have a gun pointed at you. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about. You know, one of the things we have to do is continue to keep these stories on the forefront. When you have folks like this, this is one of those stories that we used to do all the time called uh, LWB, Living While Black. Uh, I'll just uh, let the story speak for itself. And Mr. Elias, your thoughts, please. My thoughts, please. Uh, man, where's all, that? Where's all the, uh, the patriots at? The ones that are going to be outraged by this woman pointing a gun at a military veteran that went over there and fighting the war for. Where all the patriots that stand up? Where are you at? The ones that stand up for veterans, the ones that, that love veterans so much that was crying about black men kneeling in the NFL. Where you at? Stand up for this black man that had a gun pointed at him that was in a war that came back that had another gun pointed at him. Where you at? Stand up. You know, uh, Johnny D, this is something that can happen to anyone. You read about this stuff in the news, you read about it on the internet, you get it on your phone, and then, you know, all of a sudden you just make a call and say, hey, we just want to go and spend some time uh, on a a park, and then all of a sudden, bam, you're confronted by an angry old white woman, which, by the way, kudos to the company who fired her. Uh, But at the end of the day, this can happen to anyone. Stop, please. James. I tell you, uh, it, it's sad to hear that, but the reality of it is it happens so often that, that we don't hear about every incident. Um, I know a couple of months ago, you, you know, you shared about your daughter with, with an LWB experience. We deal with it on a day-to-day basis. I'm glad at least that, that brought some uh, a termination to her employment. But, you know, somebody will, someone will champion her cause and, 
you know, if she contested, uh, she'll get a, you know, a GoFundMe page and, and have a, a pretty sturdy defense. But the emotional impact that, that people have to go on, and it's just not about, you know, black. Whenever people feel like they can impose their will on you, you look at the number of hate crimes that's going on. You know, um, I, I saw an article uh, the other day. I read one on, on, my, on, my, on my phone where two young ladies uh, had pictures of themselves in London. So, you know, being different, being different in a certain locale and location now can cause you your life. You know, I'm, I'm one who always try to be vigilant and, you know, just stay abreast of what's going on. I, there's places where I go that I wouldn't take my family, you know, because I, 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 I dare not put them at risk. But, you know, traveling to and from, up and down the highways and stuff like that, you know, it's just a dangerous time, and it's being polarized by that criminal that we got in Washington. And again, we need to point the finger directly at, at a lot of the rise of these hatreds, uh, whether it be um, neo-Nazi, this nationalist party, whether it be the Posse Comitatus, uh, whether it be uh, you know members of, 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 of the Nation of Islam, or you know those who bash the LGBT community, whomever is imposing their will in a negative manner on people who are different uh, because they are different. Uh, just shame on them, man. We just need to get more more religion and whatever theology that you profess, uh, if you profess it, just need to be more inclined to accepting people's difference. Uh, I think it's a sad time, man. It really is. You know, Jerome, uh, once again, uh, people, white Americans, feel that they have the right to, you know, confront somebody. And keep in mind, I saw the video. Go look at the video. I mean, she came out with a gun in her hand. You know, and I'm thinking, good God, I walk my dogs in the park and my daughter and I, and what if I would have been confronted by that? You know, and I think God put the right people in the right places. What I mean by that is, had that happened to me, I probably would have pulled my pistol on her, and it would have been a bad situation. I mean, so it's just like, okay, you know, this couple ran into it, but she'd have ran into the wrong one, boy. She'd have got got, and then guess the story would have probably changed because it would have been a white woman's word against a couple of black folks. You know where that was going to go. Your thoughts, please. Um, I, I have none. I'll, I'll defer on this one. I mean, I don't really have anything for this stuff. The story. It, this is well. This is like, so this story is so frequent that it it always has the the same response, and I'm sure I'll cover it in something else. But this is way too like disgusting for me. Like there's nothing rational in yeah. the story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and to me, it's just the fact that we need to bring it up. I mean, folks need to know that this no, is going no on. Doubt. So, you know, we, 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 people talk about how, oh, you spend your time on trouble. Guess what? This stuff is going on in America. And so our show is going to bring it to you. This is what's happening, folks. So you sit around here thinking around that this president is doing all this good stuff. And I'm not saying this president is, was there. I mean, there's no excuse for this woman doing this. I mean, she's no, been this way. I'm pretty sure she... It, I, yeah, it, 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 it is the climate. No, I'm with you on that, Jerome, but that woman, yeah, but that woman has been this way probably her whole damn life. It ain't happened in the last two and a half, three years. Right, and they're feeling emboldened to do that. We're talking about the climate of this darling country that we have to deal with, right? Right, Whether you're talking about black men or black women or Asian men or women, white folks are losing their damn mind, and we really need to understand how that's affecting people's psyche and and what is going on that they need to address because it is not us that need to address any of the stuff so they can get mad at us talking about Trump but we 
should have been mad at them a long time ago. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going on that they do not address. So we're not going to put the burden on what our behavior should be when somebody pointed a gun at us. Are you crazy? That is, that's irrational and illogical, right? And I know yeah. I, I'm not taking away from anything anybody else says on this program, but we cannot yeah. beat ourselves up about how somebody else treats us. That's why you don't hear me say when, when somebody says, oh, a police wouldn't pull this guy over and he shot the police officer. Don't you think that black people could have post-traumatic stress too? We watch this stuff on the news. You might be scared when you see a policeman. If you legally can carry wow. a gun, they created the climate. That could be reasonable. Wow. But I, I'm not telling them to do that. I am telling you that it is reasonable for us to be scared of them when somebody with a gun approaches you and you have a legal right to carry your own gun. Why is that not reasonable wow. to anybody? Well, you know, I tell you what, you, you put a spin once again, man, you, you, you're dropping those nuggets. I mean, that's something that, you know, you don't think about. I mean, you, the reason why you have the right to carry a gun is to protect yourself. And you feel that if you, if you feel that you are in danger, uh, you know, wow, that's, man, maybe we need to talk about that. That's a good one. Maybe we need to bring that up as a topic because that's, that's a heck of a pull for you, Jerome. Wow, that's, that's good, man. That's, that's good stuff. All right, final story uh, for this morning on uh, YTP. Good Back now with Joan Walsh, Keith Boykin, and Tara Setmeyer. So here we go. So what do you think um, of the president getting a, the former president getting a reaction like that, Joan? He has a connection to the game. He loves basketball. Yeah, but like, right. This is in Toronto, not in Oakland. I mean, I just think that for our allies, Barack Obama is still the president, and they are just waiting for us. They want to wake up from this nightmare. They're waiting for us to wake up from this nightmare, and they don't want to acknowledge the real president. So he is, he is the president permanently until we have another normal person. That's just going to be true. <laughs> the forever president. <laughs> it is, man. Hey, look. The allies don't want to deal with this guy. Our allies still look at President Obama as being the representative of the United States of America. Johnny D, do you agree with that? YTP, your thoughts, please. I think that what they are doing currently, Jay, is uh, reliving all the times that they that they didn't support President Obama fully and, and during his presidency. So now you have the alternative. So. I, I don't I don't give a lot of them a whole lot of credibility and respect because I thought that uh, on on the surface uh, that they they underscored his his authority and his power as well. So I don't think it's sincere. I think there's a lot of people uh, who do believe that President Obama did a great job. I'm being one of them, and history will prove that as we move forward. But I think what we're looking at now is the the alternative. You know, most people wanted the alternative. Uh, you look at some of the allies who, who who did not stand, you know, and lock arms with President Obama on some of the on some of the issues. And of course, now they they see what the alternative is, and I think that they're regressing their thoughts. But um, no, I'm gonna be a little bit more pessimistic on this, and I don't think that is it's sincere from the world leaders. <laughs> What about you? Uh, what about you, uh, Mr. Elias? You think that uh, a lot of a lot of people's mind, President Obama. They look at President Obama as still the representative for the United States. Because I will say this: that you know, I don't remember Bush being as popular three years. I can't remember any president 
having as much influence three years removed from office than this guy. I mean, this guy shows up, country sends, they send their freaking, uh, they send their security forces to make sure he gets in correctly. I mean, things that he, when he's in across or abroad, they carry his news conferences live. Uh, I remember when he gave that speech on Donald Trump during the 2016 elections. Uh, every major news cable network carried his remarks live. I haven't seen a former president with that t- type of power. So what say you? Your thoughts, please. Well, you know, my, my thoughts are, hell, he's still, he's still my president, so... And that's how I feel about it. I'm just going to be honest with you. You're still my president, and I, I got to agree, man. I just want to wake up out this damn nightmare because, you know, wow. I didn't, I didn't, I never foreseen this, man. Never. In a million years would I have foreseen somebody that's in office that is robbing the country blind and that people don't even care. They just, they just, oh, well, let them get away with it. You know? Wow. Yeah, that's wow. uh, that's the amazing part of it. I mean, you know, we're talking about deficit spending. This guy's running it up. Republicans, conservatives, they don't care because, you know, hey, no problem. And I still think this is because Barack Obama did spend eight, eight years in the White House. And people may say, well, that's not true because I voted for Barack Obama. But, yeah, but I think all y'all are subconsciously racist. But then that's just me. Uh, draw me your thoughts, please. Um, yeah, I, I think that everybody is kind of, like, around the world pretty much is kind of waiting to wake up from this and even we are you know I, I was like as long as we get past the two year po- point in this pool then technically we'll be good I think he's already done the damage that he can do he is just what he's doing is treading water now so we, we made it past the rough part of him if he would have started off on some footing with some competent people like to actually do some damage I think the damage would have been just overwhelming he's done a lot of damage and but for next year, he cannot do nearly as much. The executive order, the executive power that he has is terrible. So he's using that because he can't use any other kind of powers. You you would see how limiting it is when you start going to tariffs for your main weapon. But he's using it, so, you know, he's giving the illusion that he had a win, a win on the tariffs where, um, you know, they there were some green some things that Mexico already agreed to that he's rolling out like he got concessions because of the terrorist thing. But they're clever at that nonsense. So President Obama yeah. still still gives stability to people and saying, well, Americans can't be bad because they elected that dude. Yeah, y'all put the sweet because that dude is so good to elect him. But we have confidence that y'all, or we hope for the rest of the world's sake that y'all wake up out of this. And I believe that we, I, I believe that we're just done with them. I think that all this other stuff is the problem with news, and they want a horse race. But I think that we're done with this. It's interesting you say that. Uh, the fact that you know President Obama still has the power and still will the power, and you know we just wake up from this nightmare. This guy is a joke, and uh, you know we just need to get out of this. All right. That's it. That's it for the edition. This edition of Your Thoughts, Please, YTP. Stay tuned because coming up next, we're going to talk about LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. I know y'all thinking, uh-oh, what? This is not Power Out Sports Talk Radio. 
You'll see what we have coming up next. And, oh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, once again, we're having problems with the chat room because I know some of you Trump folks like to, you know, respond. We're not ignoring you. The fact is that the, 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 uh, the chat room is not working properly for the second week in a row. So we'll see what we can do to fix it. But in the meantime, in between time, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Seven, I think LeBron will win seven to three. Oh, Welcome back in 347850127. It's the serious side. It's a beautiful Sunday. Hopefully the weather is green and you're making the neighborhood. But it's time to say hello to the folks that's up in the peace. Let's say good morning to Lou. Actually, let's just say good morning for the first time to Vanessa May Bell, uh, Melly from the Magnet. Well, good morning, Vanessa. How you doing? 
Good morning, guys. Yeah. So, so sorry. Bobby and I flew into uh, Connecticut last night. We flew in the, and now we're in Massachusetts, and we're just exhausted from traveling. And I just opened the door. <laughs> so, so sorry, but I am in the house. Good morning, everybody. All right. Hey, good morning. Good morning, girl. Road Warrior doing her thing. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. How you doing? Good morning, Jerome. Really doing out. Good morning, Vanessa. <laughs> She's just so happy. Good morning, Jerome. Johnny D is in the place to be. Hey, good morning, sir. How are you? I am. I know. I am, Jerome. What's up, Johnny D? Good morning, sir. Everybody's doing well. Oh, Johnny yeah, turn mic on. <laughs> there he is. Right. Good morning, John. How are you doing? All right. Okay, I tell you what, good for the third time, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Miss Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> good morning. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Blame it on Mr. Elias. Speaking of Mr. Elias, good morning, Sean. How are you? My sweetheart. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, the Hawk. Good morning, Vanessa. And good morning, Richard. Good morning, Shmeedy. Good morning. <laughs> All right. Good morning, everybody that's listening to the sound of our voice, like we mentioned at the top. Uh, chat room's not open, so unfortunately, we can't say hello to folks that would be normally in the chat room. I know Kavita Man is usually in the house, and, you know, Easy and, and, and Verbal Ride and uh, uh, Mariana, uh, the pastor, you know, Jessup, all you guys are usually listening. We're waving at you right now, unfortunately, because the chat room's not open. We give equal billing to both sides, so we won't say hello or we won't read comments. No chatterbox this morning again because of the fact that the chat room's not open. So we'll figure it out. But in the meantime, in between time, maybe we can get rid of the chat room if you do what our next young lady, our next guest, our next person we're going to bring in, if you follow her advice, maybe you can do the right thing. It's our director of social media, social media outreach to one of the only Jackie's in the house. Good morning, Jackie. How you doing? I am doing well. How's everybody doing? I'm kind of getting over uh, cold. Other than that, I'm doing good. How's everybody doing? Good morning, Good, good. good morning. Doing well. Doing well. Good. Hope, hope you're feeling better. Okay. All right. Maybe we can get rid of the chat room. Jackie, tell people how they can stay in contact with the show when the show's not live or even when the show's live. Tell them how they can stay in contact and maybe get their comments read during Chatterbox. Well, if you want to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash group, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. Once again, reminder, the 10th, count them, 10th anniversary of the TJRS Radio Network is coming up. I mean, that time is moving. So let's hear from you, okay? If you want to be a part of the special Saturday anniversary editions of the J. Ralph Show, definitely email us at SeriousSide at Outlook.com. Once again, SeriousSide at Outlook.com. Also, I welcome you, you know, if you can, if you want to contact Jay or Miss Elias personally, you know, if you got the info, 
contact them as well and let them know that you want to be part of the show. And hopefully you are enjoying the throwbacks that I'm playing through the social media network. <laughs> I've been playing the, the current crew. The current crew. But definitely I got to get in the original crew. And that's what I'm going to spend the next couple of months doing, playing some of those original crew shows because we got to get them in as well. So just... Congrats to everybody wow. that has been a part of the TJRS Radio Network. Much love and appreciation to those who have passed through, to those who are still there currently. Much love and appreciation to all of you. Love you, love you, love you all so very, very much. Wow. Love you, What's up, Lynette? Look here, and also Momo Beasley in the house. Uh, look, uh, I cannot wait until that show happens. I have so much pent-up frustration that I cannot let go on this show. I'm going to act a donkey on the Jerry Rouse show when that thing come back up, up. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I was listening to one of the other episodes. I, well, which episode was I was listening to that, that Jackie posted? Boy, I almost had a wreck laughing, boy. Oh, my God. Y'all, do yourself a favor. If you're feeling bad and saying, go back, Google the Jerry Rouse show. <laughs> Chatterbox again this week. We'll try to get it fixed hopefully next week. And if not, maybe you guys need to make that move over to Twitter. You can uh, you, you can follow me on Instagram or follow the Jay Ryle Show on Instagram. You know, I post there regularly. You can keep up with what's happening with your boy. So just do it. All right. The big debate everybody's been talking about, right? LeBron versus Michael. Who is the GOAT? Who's the greatest of all times? And you're thinking, why the heck are we having that conversation on this show? Well, let me tell you why. Because what we want to know is, who's the greatest of all time when it comes to doing things on the other side of the fence, when you're not on the basketball court? Who's had a more impact on society when it comes to making their voice be known, when it comes to making sure that when there is wrong, that this person lends their voice to the conversation, who's the GOAT? Let me start with you, Johnny G. Who's the GOAT, man? Is it Michael or is it LeBron? And I'm going to make a case for whoever you don't pick. Let's say you. Yeah. Well, I, I, I will tell you this here, Jay. Uh, when it comes to social matters, uh, there, there, there's yeah. no – it's hands down LeBron James. Uh, I think he has had the greatest impact socially uh, to build the, the African-American community and just communities in, in general. So uh, stopping there, uh, like I say, it would be LeBron James. All right. So now, now here's my argument. I'm not saying that Michael Jordan is, but how is this almost like when people make the comparison to their, uh, to their basketball abilities? A lot of people say, well, you can't make the comparison because it's a different era which I can't believe because, you know, we're old, we're old enough.
enough where we thought that Michael Jordan was, you know, we had never seen anything like it, and we didn't think we would see another person like him on the court. And now the whole league, like Larry Bird said back in the day, Mr. Elias, let me get out the league before the whole league is full of Michael Jordans, and I think that's where we are now. But is it fair to compare Michael to LeBron when LeBron has access to Twitter and Facebook and all these different uh, quote-unquote social media outreach, the ability to talk to the public direct, is that fair? Because that didn't exist during the heyday of Michael Jordan. Is it fair to compare? Is it fair to say that Michael, I, you know, LeBron has I think it is. the advantage I, because he's living in the world where it is? Uh-huh. Go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm going to go back to the 80s, and I, and I remember there was a, a, a long-term senator who was back in the days of Strom Thurmond, but his name was Jesse Helms. Jesse Helms was a was a staunch uh, Republican racist, and there was a mayor out of Charlotte by the name of Harvey Gant, and Harvey Gant was uh, in in the polls doing pretty well. And and I remember Michael Jordan um, decided that he wasn't going to campaign for Harvey Gant. Now, what reason? was given very well, dependent upon who you asked at the time. Jim, but as, as a young African-American male at that point in time, uh, looking at the oppression that, that the Helms regime was causing in, in this great state of North Carolina, it, it really bothered me. And then you look at the, the escalating cross of Michael Jordan's shoes. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm still an admirer of, of uh, Stephon Marbury, you know, with the $15 sneakers. So, you know, when, when I look at it from that standpoint, I don't think that there's any comparison socially. You know, Michael Jordan has, has achieved the, the opportunity to be the first, well, the second majority uh, African-American owner in the NBA. So he's done well for himself, okay? He's done well for himself. And I repeat, he's done well for himself. Wow, that's interesting. All right, Mr. Elias, donate. Okay, this individual donated its entire 2001-2002 NBA salary to 9/11. He funded and supports the Jordan Institute for Families of the University of California. I mean, uh, University of North Carolina. Uh, he has uh, donated a million dollars to the NAACP Legal Defense. Uh, he's donated five million dollars and the founding donor to the Smithsonian's National Museum of African American and History Culture in 2016. Uh, the list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, donated seven million dollars to two uh, health facilities in uh, Charlotte. Donated two million dollars for relief relief efforts for Hurricane Florence. A million dollars for the Red Cross and. And it goes on and on and on. So, look, uh, multi-million dollar donations to friends of children in support of the organizational national effort. These are all the things. This is just a, a smidgen of the things that Michael Jordan has done, but yet he's not getting any credit for it. So the question, Jay, can I say I one last word for, for let's get in there? Go ahead. Go, Jay, go ahead. Go ahead. Can I say one last word, then, then I'll, I'll get off the phone. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. But he go has ahead. not lent his voice. Yeah. Uh, with Thank all of the monetary, you. all of the monetary... <laughs> Does not does not <laughs> raise the level out, of his voice. His voice no, and his presence. Out, man. His no, you voice did. and his yeah, you presence. Did. You and, that's, out. and that's the truth. No, you didn't. Yep, that's the truth. Gonna, yeah. you, you know Thanks, Johnny. Say, Thanks. Too bad he didn't speak up for Craig Hodges. Craig Hodges needed him. Too bad he didn't do that, huh? Too bad he didn't speak up for Craig Hodges, Jay. Hmm. Wow. That's what I was gonna say. He don't he don't speak up against anything. 
He don't speak out against anything. Because you know why? Because Republicans buy gym shoes, too. <laughs> that was exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Is that all you have to say, Mr. Elias, really? So I'm, I'm assuming that LeBron James is your guy, too. Yes, he is. Because, I mean, he, he feels... He, he, and, and, and his hometown of Akron, Akron, he built a school for underprivileged kids. Who was who who his management team? His homeboys he grew up with. The guys that he grew up with are his management team. He's putting his money where his mouth is, man. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, he's not I playing just, games with Okay, him. I just named at least four places in North Carolina where Jordan has has uh, donated millions and millions. Of, what, what was the total? About almost eighteen okay, million dollars. So Jordan's not putting LeBron his money where his mouth is. Forty million, Jay. LeBron's school cost forty million. And how many kids has he sent to college? How many kids has he sent to college? Come on, man. There's no comparison. And and, and LeBron has not been, okay. you know, as in the league as long as Michael Jordan. Hmm. Okay. And All LeBron. Right. Uh, well, this is going to probably. Yeah. Michael Jordan okay. does. It. Here it is. He doesn't. He, he won't say a word okay. of just anything. Mm-mm. Okay. He won't even right. tell you who he voted. He won't even tell you to get out and vote. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I think this is going to be anonymous. I mean, just it's going to be the uh, not anonymous, but the majority is going to rule on this. But Vanessa says, you know, you just got here. Let me give you because I always like to give Jerome the last word. Uh, well, let me give you. Who, who are you thinking, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? You probably don't have a, you know, I don't have an opinion on this, but I like to hear what you have to say anyway. I love you too, but you know what? I'm going to say LeBron James only because. I hear so much about the school and stuff that he has provided and the money and stuff that he gives to the community there. Other than that, I'm not a sports person. Michael Jordan has made yes. an impact because he was the first in the sport. But I think that uh, LeBron James has done more as far as donating and money he's given to organizations. So I'm going to leave it at that with me because I don't really keep up with it. And tell you thank no, you so much I, because I love you all too. Back at you. Uh, you know, donated millions and millions of pounds of food each year to uh, different uh, uh, food harvest banks. But okay, what about you, Jerome, man? Uh, your thoughts on this, brother? Is Jerome here? Jerome. He doesn't have any. Did we lose him? Uh, well, he. he you right about that. that. I still don't have any. <laughs> No, I, I went there. I'm like, I didn't have any. What would be my thought on on what aspect? Look at him. Well, you know the thing is that you you said this before. I mean, look, LeBron. Listen, I mean, let me tell you something about LeBron James. And I don't want people to think I'm hating on LeBron at all. Uh, LeBron James, I, I will admit, man, the, the guy when it comes to to the social social issues, I, look. I'll give it to him, man. I, I will. But I also think that we are in a different day and age. And the reason why I say that is, for example, the big dust that's going on with Joe Biden right now. Everyone is jumping on Joe Biden because he he uh, supported the Hyde Act back in the day. But then he felt so much pressure, he changed his mind. He flip-flopped on it. And what people don't understand is we live in a different time and a different era. 
there were protocols and different things that people did back in the day. A lot of athletes didn't say anything. Nobody's jumping on Magic. Magic Johnson didn't say anything back in the day. Nobody's jumping on him. Nobody's jumping on Patrick Ewan. I mean, these were legitimate superstars back in the day. But when you look at today's superstars, like with uh, LeBron James and D. Wade and Chris Paul did, when that whole thing happened with the young men who got killed in uh, New York, when they came out during the NBA Finals or doing some type of NBA program, they came out with the shirts on and they said what they had to say. I mean, it's a different environment now. So, I mean, can no, we, we can't sit there and say that Michael. Yeah, it is a different environment now. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Okay. You're not a different environment. Why, why, why not? Okay, but you are what I'm all, talking about, man. It, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. First of all, because, just look at it like this. When you have uh, Magic J, come on. Stop. Yeah, exactly. Um, how about he um, had he had the juice in Chicago. He was the man in Chicago. He could have said, "Hey, no, if Craig Hodges go, I go." Now, that's not what are you gonna do? Nope. What is his name? The guy who changed his name, Elias. Um, Chris Jackson. Yeah. Um, Raul. Yeah. Yeah. Raul. Raul. Did not you look up those guys? Michael Jackson. Uh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan wasn't back then worth squat. He's like, he's like, it's all about my business, right? He and Barkley's little crazy self. Didn't care. They wanted to golf. They wanted to do whatever. People was paying attention to Rodman. Everybody was being a clown in the NBA because when the owners did something to somebody, they were like, oh, they ain't got nothing to do with me. That's them. That's what they did. I can't, I can't, um, I can't um, call it. I can't say nothing. They were just being blue Negroes. That's all I can tell you about that. So we can't say it's a different time because the same thing, the same thing was happening. So we can't give them no out like that. Patrick Ewing them was a little bit more conscious in New York, Oakley and those guys, although they were all friends. Michael Jordan had the star power, and Michael Jordan was yeah. not. He didn't grow up, but I don't know how he grew up. I mean, he was in the country, but I don't know what it was that made him feel like he needed to perform. No, seriously. I don't yeah. mean that as a slam to him. Yeah. I was just having this conversation yeah. about people who live in the just recently. Uh, uh, um, matter of yeah. fact, last night where... You know, a friend of mine was saying, you know, they grew up in um, in Alabama, in a rural part of Alabama. He said, I didn't really know what poor was. And he said, we lived in a project. And I was like, I got to go in a, yeah. go into an outhouse. Like, he didn't know what that level of poor was. He was like nine years old. And he said his mother kind of had to explain to him, this is what hap- this is what we do. And he didn't understand that. Right. Michael Jordan may not have understood the, the need of the people like that because he may have grew up in a rural area where LeBron grew up in a basically a city area. Like it's like black people say, you know, cops ain't all bad. Well, they may not be all bad in a small police force where you live, but people get shot even speaking back to the police when uh, when you're in a metropolitan area. Somebody got snatched out of the car the other day because his music was too loud. They caught him on body cam beating this guy down, and they came out and was like, well, um, he should have obeyed his commands. Well, he had his music too loud. So once he turns it down, why are you still talking to him? You can't beat somebody down and arrest them for, for resisting arrest. You shouldn't have been arresting them. So that can't be your first charge. Like, to even understand that LeBron, who, who was free... Since high school, you got to remember LeBron's mentality opposed to Michael Jordan, right? He gets out of high school, 
He's like, I'm going to the pros. Nike says, you need to make up your mind of what number you need to pick by Friday. But we don't need you to pick the same Jordan, the same number as Michael Jordan because we're already selling that number. Do something different. He waited till Friday, and he picked whatever number LeBron wanted to pick. He defied them, and he was in high school. That dude's been free. So not only was it Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, and Stephon Curry who were all on board when they was about to shut the NBA down when the thing happened with the L.A. Clipper owner, those guys unified because they were in the playoffs, so they didn't need the whole NBA to do it. But they all agreed to walk off the court at the same time. You were about to see something happen that LeBron, who was the superstar of that league, was like, yo, I'm out. But believe me, if LeBron would have said, I'm not with y'all, you know, we got too much to lose, there are kids who go to watch the games and blah, blah, blah. If he would have blamed it on that nonsense, we'd have been in the same place that we are now with the whole Michael Jordan stuff. But the reason that the NBA don't mess with those players now is because they know they don't play. And maybe when LeBron leaves, they may feel like they can do that again because the people who come up after you, after you have so much comfort, they usually come up soft. Right? No, so, I don't think so. I, I think. No, 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 no. I don't think. think I think it. the fact that. No, 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 no. Think about this way. I just want to say this. Let me tell you what. No, let me say this real quick. Before Michael Jordan, the the activists in the league, the 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 Wilt, the Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar dudes, they took a stand for stuff. Jim Brown and those dudes. And then when he comes after it, it was a lot of comfort. Then you have to reassort reassert active, uh, activism so LeBron did that so the okay. next generation will probably come out and not do anything as well right we get comfortable huh. after somebody makes a stand is all I'm saying oh, okay I see where you're going there but see let me tell you why I think that it, it that won't be the situation because here's the deal they know through social media that they had the support of damn near everybody so there was no, to me, there was no big risk because everybody was already condemning the NBA, saying, what you going to do? You saw attendance going down. You have, it's just like what people talk about what's um, happening with the, 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 no, no, it's just like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. They used to have like that stuff in the Wilmington. Let me finish my thoughts, yeah. and I'll let y'all have it. Like, like I said, when it comes to what's going on with, um, uh, the, like what's going on in the Democratic Party now, yeah, people were saying, my goodness, that the left, the lefties are saying, no, we got to have this, we have to have free college, we have to have all this other stuff. But then you have the more moderate Democrats saying, no, we need to do this, this, and this. That's why people are trying to explain why, you know, Joe Biden is where he is versus Bernie Sanders, because there's a difference between the Twitter left and then just the real people that's on the left side. I still believe that if social media would have been around back then, they would have pushed Michael to have done more than what he did. So, I mean, look, I guess you guys are absolutely right. I think right. Michael's going to give him a rap. I, I think I, about I, what happened with true. NBA when he was I'm just looking at... I'm saying okay. I don't think... Well, look, now he's I, I have a list of things that he's done as an owner, too, man. I mean, this guy has put out a lot of money. He just It's like Prince. People talk about Prince. But then when Prince died, hey, hey, you realize that. that Prince was doing so much. Don't do that. No, no. no. I am doing that. Because <laughs> people said that Prince ago. didn't this do anything. Uh-uh. No, 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 Jerome. People said that Prince was not doing things, and then it all came out after his death that Prince was doing so much. Wait a minute. He just didn't want people to know about it. Who said that? 
What? No, I know a no, lot of people who said that. I didn't say Jack. I am telling you, if you're a Prince fan, you already knew about his philanthropy. I went to the Million Man March. I knew he what? dedicated to that. I knew all of this stuff that he was doing with his band members. Every time they went to a city to play, he picked somebody in his band who was from that city, and they donated at mm-hmm. minimally $100,000 to whatever they wanted to go to. You can't not, right. not ever compare somebody like Prince to somebody like Michael Jordan. That is, that is really different. Let me throw this at you, because if you're a true Michael Jordan fan, you know what Michael Jordan's doing. My point is that if people are not following this stuff closely, then not they can make an argument either throw, way. I just throw stuff at me and think, oh, yeah, that, that shut me down. You name something that that man has done. I've watched Michael Jordan, too, and seen some of the stuff that he does. I you named something under- Michael Jordan done right before the, during you the beginning need, of the you season, need to but nobody's acknowledging that. You need to understand something about rich people. You do need write-off money. I'm not saying Michael Jordan didn't sign sneakers oh. and give them to the little kids, but he was making a ton of money off of doggone sneakers, and people were getting shot over $200 sneakers, right? So, so what? He gave okay. some back community and sponsored somebody building a gym. That doggone um, LeBron James has built a doggone school, right? He actually fed okay. a couple thousand what kids, kids to, to, college. to college. Like, that dude did something else, college. while I'm Outside of basketball, I don't care how many basketball camps you okay. do to help somebody out. That is not the same in your. What I read, what I read the beginning did. I just, I didn't even mention basketball one time. Yeah, all the things I, I read that Michael Jordan did. Listen, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this because we're running out of time. Here's the deal. I agree with you guys. I, I know you may not think I do. I agree. I think that LeBron James, when it comes to social issues, when it comes to speaking out, when it comes to being the face of the NBA, in my opinion, he is the goat. There's no doubt about that. But what I wanted to acknowledge, and then I, and then I'm done, and then you guys can say whatever you want to say in in the last three minutes we have in the segment. But the bottom line is, is that. There are a lot of things that Michael Jordan has done that's not being publicized. It doesn't have a damn thing to do with Snickers. It doesn't have a damn thing to do with the gym. I read a lot of things that didn't have anything to do with basketball. But, you know, once again, let's just call it what it is. So now, I'm done with it. We have three minutes left in this segment. Whoever wants to take it out, they can. Johnny D, I heard you were trying to say something. Were you trying to get in? Jay, uh, well, you, you know what? Actually, I, I, I had the mute button off, and I was talking to my daughter. But uh, I, I do have a comment. Um, years ago, <laughs> okay, and, and I know <laughs> the, the, the unfortunate thing that, that happened to Michael Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan is, is from an area that's uh, not, not generally rural. He just donated a million dollars to his high school. So monetarily, he's done some things. Uh, back years ago, when, when his father... Uh, was, was murdered. Um, what bothered yeah. me somewhat, well, it bothered me a great deal, is, and again, it's about the voice. You know, you had individuals yeah. uh, in the criminal justice system. You had one of the end of, one of the young men that, that killed his father who was trying to make it appear that it was a drug deal gone bad. And, 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 mm. and Michael said nothing. He said nothing. And, you know, the relationship that he was said to have had with his father would have not allowed me to sit on that and let people who who simply suspect or, or want to make the illusion that his father was involved in some illicit activities, you know, even from the side that, you know, why would a man in a Mercedes band be sitting on the side of the road and now you got these two 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 thugs uh, who come up and one of them tried to pretend that, okay, well, it was a drug deal gone wrong, you know, to help his defense. And not that he owes us an explanation, but I would not have allowed anyone to suggest that, that my father 
my name, my, you know, again, who I am to be put into question like that without saying something. But I'm pretty sure that there was some marketing agent saying, well, hey, Mike, you don't have to go in there and say anything. You don't have to defend this right here. There's certain things that you do as a man simply because it's just the right thing to do. And in, in cases of allowing your voice to be part of it, you know, Oprah's got, a, got, got, got billions of dollars, but Oprah will lend her voice to social causes. And I, and I think that's the difference between what LeBron James has done and what Michael Jordan has done. Mm-hmm. It is, it's about the voice. It's about the presence. It's about the actions. But I don't dispute the fact that the resources matter. The resources matter. Yeah, and yeah, I agree with you on that. I agree with everybody. I agree with all y'all. I do. I do think that LeBron James has a bigger voice, and, uh, you know, kudos to him. Matter of fact, there's a special tonight on MSNBC, Headliners. I mean, LeBron James is the man, and I like LeBron, and, and I'm glad that he's out there doing what he has to do, and he's using his power in the right way. So I agree with you. I don't want people to think I don't. I'm with you. I think it's unanimous. I think the guy is the GOAT when it comes to social issues and speaking up for his people. you got to have people like that. Uh, to do it. All right, listen, uh, coming up next, uh, no chatterbox, but we will do my favorite part of the show on a need-to-know basis. <laughs> but before I go, because I want to say one thing, and uh, yesterday, 26 years ago, I was blessed with this most incredible person that entered my life. Um, yesterday was my daughter's birthday, my oldest daughter, and I'm here to tell you that I am, no, I am so proud of that young lady. Of what she's become, of who she is. And, you know, the thing is that there's been some trying times in her life. We almost lost her at the age of eight when she almost drowned. Matter of fact, when they brought out the pool, she was gone. They had to, re- they had to revive her. Um, she wears the first names. Her name is the first names, are the first names of my twins that passed away at birth. She means so much to me, and I wanted to t- just take this opportunity just to tell everybody within the sound of my voice how much I love her, how much I care about her, and I just want to say happy birthday to you, sweetheart, from the bottom of my heart. Daddy loves you so, 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 so much, and I can't wait to see you in about 30 minutes. All right, folks, coming up next, NPR News Update, and, uh, and then it's on a need to know basis. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ross Show. We'll be right back after this. Support for this podcast and the following message come from UCLA Anderson School of Management, who teaches the next generation of leaders their values of sharing success, thinking fearlessly, and driving change. More information available at anderson.ucla.edu. Large crowds flooding the streets of Hong Kong today, showing opposition to a proposed extradition law. They fear would allow suspects to be sent to China to face trial. Protesters carrying banners and signs marching through the city center. The proposed law would allow case-by-case arrangements of uh, criminal suspects to places where Hong Kong has no formal extradition agreement. A civil disobedience campaign has brought the Sudanese capital to a standstill. And Pierre Peralta reports that protesters are demanding an end to military rule. Witnesses in Khartoum say the streets are desolate and stores, banks, and restaurants have been shuttered on what is supposed to be the first working day of the week. The government has been rounding up essential employees at gunpoint to take them back to work. But opposition leaders called for everyone to stay home or go into hiding in an effort to force the military junta to hand over power to civilians. Last night, small groups also took to the streets 
setting up roadblocks and chanting anti-government slogans, but they were quickly dispersed by security forces using live rounds. A doctor's union affiliated with the protest movement says 117 people have been killed by security forces in the past week. Ada Peralta, NPR News, Nairobi. Sports, a men's final at the French Open tennis tournament. Dominique Team is preparing to take on Rafael Nadal for the championship. Nadal trying to win the tournament for the 12th time. Also, Game 6 of Hockey's Stanley Cup final is tonight. The St. Louis Blues have a three games to two lead over the Boston Bruins. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Odoo. Want to boost your business? Check out Odoo's new business game, Scale Up. Fun, it's smart, and Odoo offers it for free, shipping included. Use promo code NPR on odoo.com slash scale up. With Jerome Spree on a need to know basis. Jerome is all yours, my brother. All right, I was gonna say y'all didn't buy me no time. Oh, I forgot there was no chatterbox, right? Yeah, nah. What's up, my brother? Okay, my bad, my bad. Okay, now the <laughs> Commerce Department this week uh, estimated that April and June growth will be below two percent, despite the one point three percent achieved in January to March, as Trump projected growth of three um, percent over the next <laughs> next decade is going to also be a lie. <laughs> so I just wanted to put out some little um, economy news. When people say the economy is good. It's going to crash. I just want to tell you that. That's and I don't mean that. that. Huh? I was I was watching the show the other night, and somebody said the same thing. They said we're heading extract, a, exactly for a crash. I was like, wow, you know, Jerome called. Yeah, you know what's, what's weird to me is that um, as long as you say something is good, they usually report on it. And that's all Trump does every day is say, no, everything's well, everything's well. And they report on it like everything is well. So the markets usually reflect the attitude of the person who's making the policies. Although he's making really bad policies, he's saying the opposite. So they're going to report good news until it crashes really badly. And I don't know, I don't know why this is. I don't know why people accept lies um, to a point where, I mean, you can lie to them 24 hours a day, and then on Sunday tell the truth and they'd be like, Well, he did tell the truth last Sunday. I don't I don't know why that is. I'm I'm always amazed by it, but I I'm not impressed by it, but it is amazing to me. So it's like it's like Trump going to the UK and Fox and those yeah. guys reporting that, you know, he had uh, some positive responses, you know, like Pro, they weren't protesters; they were cheering for him. And I'm like, 
don't yeah, know what, okay. <laughs> I don't know what you think a protester is. With the big old balloon, were, that's him in a diaper. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, Vanessa. Hey, they they are creative as heck. That's all I got to say, right? Having yeah. them on a having them on the toilet and and saying that that is a positive for you is <laughs> like, hey, they had a big GFB sitting on the toilet. They must love that. Yeah, yeah, like, that's, that's what I want yeah. people to think of me as, you know. That's exactly what I want people to think of, you know. But did y'all see wow. the, Jerome, did you see the body ornament that um, was carved in a field when they were flying over? And they they say they were trying to distract uh, Trump so that he wouldn't see it. It was a penis. Did you see that? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. As they were, as they were marching through, right? I didn't right. see that. Yeah. No, they were flying yeah, over. In yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm saying as they were flying over, it was still in the shape of, of right. that. So, yeah. Right, right. They, that was hey, they're doing a, they're either one or two things. They're doing a really good job of distracting him, and he's that doggone stupid. Or he saw it, and they told him, hey, that's not what you think it is. That's an arrow telling us which way we're flying. <laughs> right, right. And so you know you can you can never tell um, you can tell, you can you can never tell with people like that how they're distracting him. But apparently he, he's a little slower than we all thought he was. Well, I'm sorry, we all know he's slow. I don't think we thought he was any, yeah. uh, any smarter than that. All right. Um, Amazon's one-day delivery service now covers more than 10 million products, according to Amazon, from Echo devices to headphones to household items and cleaning supplies is what the firm said. So 10 million products for one day. And, and it's only in certain areas, though. They start, they're start they starting off slow. So Amazon is planning on building more warehouses, apparently. Um, the FDA is targeting vaping influencers. So this is people like the Kardashian folks who are on social media, um, they're telling them if you're promoting those products without health warnings, the FDA is coming after you. So they sent warning letters Friday to four companies that use paid social media pitch people um, that pitch nicotine solutions on their on, on, online. They sent letters to them saying that they're going to go after them. Now here's wow. what's interesting about the government. They're not going to go after the companies. They're going to go after you for promoting the company stuff. Didn't we, didn't we just that do this no with cigarettes? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of how they, it's kind of how you go after drug dealers back in the days doing that. I shouldn't say back in the days, but if you are, um, you know, doing a crack epidemic, right? Let's, let's arrest really? everybody yeah. using and selling, but not the people who are distributing. Let's just keep right. that cycle going. Bringing it over. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but when we get the opioids, it's like, hey, it's the people who are distributing that's the problem now. It ain't the people who are doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You can change your policy, wow. right? Yeah. Now, okay, exactly. Because it ain't a black episode. It ain't a black episode anymore now. That's why. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they're even hiding this stuff anymore, which is kind of the, the point. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all not even trying. Um, U.S. soldiers have... Um, worse health heart than civilians, according to a new study. Now, 70% of servicemen and women have blood pressure that is too high, according to the new um, American Heart Association study. 
It said that both enlisted and civilian Americans have poor heart health overall, but only 30% of soldiers have ideal blood pressure. I'm sorry. Really? Aren't we going to war unnecessarily and then being deployed to the border for some children and yeah. all that nonsense? And got some dude yeah. on TV talking about, we need to fight Iran. If I was in the military, my blood pressure would be high, too. Good Lord. It would be true, man. Yes. I mean, who wants to go to war with nothing, man? Seriously. Right. Wow. Right. It's, it's like, yeah, you get keep putting on the alert every Tuesday, and then the guy's like, oh, we don't like Canada no more. We're on alert. <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> he just making stuff up as he right. goes. Now, Walmart is sued for medical fraud after displaying homeopathic medicines in the same aisle as FDA-approved drugs. Now, the lawsuit... Filed by the Center of Inquiry, accuses America's biggest retailer of misleading customers into believing homeopathic is regulated and tested by the same standards in accepted medicine. That's according to the lawsuit um, that filed. Now, here's wow. the thing about that. I'm, I'm going to oh, tell Jerome, you what I Jerome, Jerome, Jerome. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Jerome, can I step into your segment talking about Walmart? Yes. Okay. I heard on the news the other day that Walmart is going to copy Amazon. And then if you give them a special code and change the locks or whatever to your house, they'll start delivering your groceries. Y'all should have seen my face when I was like, y'all think I'm going to let somebody from Walmart have access to my house and I'm not at home? Really? I thought that was hilarious. I'm not going to let nobody have access hey. to my house when I'm not home. Nobody's going to have access to my house Walmart. They might, as well let mm-hmm. Mc, they might as well let McDonald's do bill pay. <laughs> hey, let's just go. Let's just go for broke. How he added? Wow. You know, I I used to say that a long time ago. Like, if you are gonna give, uh, you know, your local pizza place your credit card and your home address to some people who randomly working down the street from your house and be like, hey, it's convenient for me to order pizza if I just give my credit information. I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, you don't know who these people are. <laughs> not, not at all. Exactly. So letting Walmart people in your house is got to be a whole other, a whole new level. <laughs> now, wow. that thing that there's not any reputable people at Walmart. I'm just joking. There are people who are not reputable at Walmart. <laughs> I'm just saying. And that that could be there are anywhere. people who are not reputable in the White House. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just saying. Think about it. White, the White House is Walmart because he get all his stuff from China too. So whatever. <laughs> Your White oh, House is Walmart. Man. <laughs> hey, Jason, Jason, go cut this segment. <laughs> we not on mute. Still going. We still good. I got the point. Right. I got. It. Don't worry about it. All right, cool. Good looking. All right, so Whole Foods are recalling uh, two of its pestos after customers suffer allergic react- reactions to undeclared nut and milk, I guess, that was in the product. So Whole Foods is recalling its in-house pest- uh, basil pesto and its in-house sun-dried tomato pesto after failing to declare that it may contain milk or tree nuts. Specified, um, oh, wow. specifically Walmart, walnuts, and pine nuts. Man, hmm. I didn't know it was like that. But any, anywho, Whole Foods, I guess. Well, speaking of speaking of Walmart and um, 
and um, knockoffs. You know, Whole Foods, they're owned what by Amazon now, right? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. So they're the bigger you are, the more your lawsuits are gonna come at you. Oh, and by the way, Walmart being sued for medical fraud. I don't know who the Center for Inquiry is, but I guarantee you, it is a lobby for the medical association. Don't want holistic medicine out there. I guarantee you, it's them. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Because they're not suing them because something went wrong. They're saying that people think that the FDA approved this. I'm like, something's amiss here. They're suing them so yeah. that you don't get stuff that is not going through that mill of the FDA where lobbyists can, you know, get you medicine. That, we got a nice That's drug. why I think a, a, a lot of the holistic doctors are, are being killed off, man. I was like, wow. And every time you look up, they're dying, and I'm like, why is? That? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a new, I'll give you a new count on that um, pretty soon, because you know we were up to, I think last year, it was um, a few hundred. So, I mean, in there, I know of um, a couple as of last week that died too, like out of out of the blue, burglaries, people just waiting for them on the side of their car, that kind of stuff. They're getting murdered. They're not like tripping and falling kind of thing. They're getting, like, shot and stabbed, killed. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe that, man. Yep. Yep. Now, um, you know, in Canada, thousands of murdered and missing indigenous women have fallen victims to a decade-long Canadian genocide, according to a new report. So indigenous women face a high level of violence and through state actions and um, inactions rooted in colonialism and colonial ideologies. This is um, the national inquiry into the murder of missing indigenous women and um, children and girls is what they found. So the 92, they spent $92 million on this report. It's titled Reclaiming Power and Place. It was created two and a half, um, created over two and a half years and looking into the causes of violence towards indigenous women and girls. And it officially released this week at the closing ceremony of the Canadian Museum of History in um, Quebec. And it saw the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau wipe away tears as they talked about this report of Native women representing 4% of Canada's population but accounted for up to 16 to 24% of homicide victims during that period of two years. Wow. Damn. Yeah. I know. And, and Canada is more sane than we are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they That's are. what I'm tripping on. Yeah. Wow. I trip on when I see something special. They talk about how they leave their doors open and yep. you know, all of a sudden it's like, man, you ain't in America, are you? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. They're, they're doing this to the indigenous people and Canada people are saying, Hey, the, the Americans are sick. Like, that is what we compare yeah. ourselves to. Yeah. Really? Now, um, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the um, the uh, game, what was it, game two of the NBA Finals, where President Barack Obama, I don't call him former president, President Barack, yeah. Barack Obama received a hero's welcome in Toronto. Yep. When he came mm-hmm. in, he was coincidentally sent with the commissioner, but I'll ignore that part. But, um... They started ch- chatting MVP where they had him on the, silver, yep. on the big screen. Yeah. Yep. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they said he went there. 
And then he spoke to uh, a progressive think tank. And then he said he caught up. He, he um, had a beer with the prime minister at um, Ottawa's Big Rig Brewery. So here's the thing. He has a better relationship with everybody on this doggone planet than Trump does. You think Trump will be able to go to Canada? I don't think so. No. No. George W. Bush still can't go to Canada. They still got a warrant out for his arrest, you know. Yeah, he can't leave the country. Yeah, he still has an international warrant out for him. I think we should not forget that, too. We should do um, Mm -mm. we should do our own America's Most Wanted, like at the top ten list. (laughs) George W. Bush first was. If you happen to see this man, yep. turn him into Interpol. Don't call a local police. <laughs> <laughs> now, now here, here's an. Um, I know I, I this got to be history. I never did Katy Perry news, but here's the thing: Uh-oh. an 89 year old Roman Catholic nun is battling Katy Perry and battled her for years over the sale of a Los Angeles convent. She collapsed and died during a court appearance in March of 2018. Now, Sister Rita Callahan, the only surviving nun who lived at the Order of the Most Holy and Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that's the name of the convent, issued some tough words for Katy Perry more than a year after, you know, Sister and Catherine Rose Holtzman died. She said, I really didn't like Catherine. Katy Perry, and I'm sure she doesn't like me, is what the 81-year-old knows nun said. She added that the singer has blood on her hands. Now, this is interesting. Wow. <laughs> I thought they were supposed to be forgiven and stuff, but them nuns are about to come after Katy Ooh. Perry. I'm thinking they should have went after the singer Madonna, but that's a whole other story. But anyway, right. there's some gang-related stuff about to happen with the 80-year-olds and Katy Perry. Just wanted to put that out there. We're just Ooh. doing news. And, uh, you know, in wow. NBA news, since we talked about that, a sports reporter um, accused Sacramento Kings coach and former Los Angeles Laker coach Luke Walk- Walton of sexual assault, and she filed new complaints this week that could entangle the NBA, the Lakers, and the Warriors in civil suits. So the reporter, Kelly, um, I guess it's um, Tennant, she's 31, she said, she thought Luke Walton was going to rape her during a 2014 hotel encounter, and she alleges that he sent her down on his bed and kissed and groped her. Wow. But he got a job in NBA, so carry on NBA when it comes to your coaches and owners. I can do anything <laughs> I want. Wow. Oh. Exactly. And speaking of exactly. that. Exactly. Who was the, the co-owner of or one of the owners of the Go to St. Warriors who pushed Kyle Lowry the other day? Yeah, I didn't. Yep. I didn't see that. Yeah, I he, saw that. Yeah, he did. He pushed him. Wow. Yeah, he. That, yeah, he pushed him. And now they're talking about getting rid of him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, again, I, I saw that. I was like. Now, since we were talking about Michael Jordan and all that comparison to LeBron, who came out first to talk about that? I mean, LeBron was like, "Look, this is unacceptable." Like he went. <laughs> most of the people in the NBA did. But the the, huh. the fans, I'm going to tell you how white supremacy and racism plays into our living as black men generally. When you're watching a sporting event, you're paying to see a game not to torment the players. You have no right to assault anybody on their job. You just cannot go to somebody's job because the 
the company is responsible for their safety. So if he goes into the audience, you know, because you chose to have front row seats, if that player comes too close to you, you can't cuss at him, spit at him, kick him. You cannot do any of that. They're not played for um, any um, combat pay. Now, if any NBA player is listening right now, make sure you put in your contract, if I'm assaulted or harassed outside of the game of basketball, you owe me $100,000 every time that happens. Mm. Because, and the well, reason I say that is Drake, Drake would be up to bat. Drake would be up to the, the creek, man. All right, yeah. So we got we got time for somebody two needs, more, my brother. Two more. Yeah, somebody needs to beat him down. And I, I, I hear you. So one thing, really quickly, is that um, South Barkley, um, a wife had a miscarriage one year. He's playing basketball. He wrote the baby's name. He didn't miscarry. They delivered, and the baby died. Had wrote the baby's name on his shoes. A fan was yelling mm-hmm. that baby's name the whole game when he was in Philadelphia. So after the game, wow. Barkley goes up into the stands and says, say it now. Say something. <laughs> and people got on Barkley going up in the stands after, you cannot torment or harass somebody in their game or while they're at their job. Those guys are at work. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I need to say that in that. All right. So um, Jay-Z is officially a billionaire. So Forbes dubbed him as the first uh, hip-hop star with um, 10 figures. I just wanted to put that out wow. there. And um, okay. really quickly, you know, um, Canadian researchers said that dodgeball should be dropped from gym class because it's a tool of oppression and uses dehumanization. So the game, they oh. said, reinforces five facets of oppression. It identified as exploitation, marginalization, powerlessness, Cultural imperialism and violence. I don't know what to say about this, Elias, but I like dodgeball. If you weren't fast enough, I do, I you like got it. out I, on I the did too. I liked it. I did. Hey. I did. I loved it as a kid. I sure did. Hey, it, helps. <laughs> it helps your motor skills. That's for sure. That's for sure. Anyway, folks, with that being said, it's time for our final thoughts. And ladies are first, and our beautiful lady, Vanessa, you're up first. Let me apologize again for missing what I'm sure was an excellent first segment of the show. Um, but Bobby and I are on vacation up here in uh, Connecticut and, and Massachusetts. Um, we're going to go into New York for a day, visiting his 83-year-old uncle. And there's quite a few of us okay. um, here from Texas. And uh, we're just having a great time. So I apologize for uh, the time difference and me not getting it together, but it is always a pleasure when I get to hang out with such awesome people, even if it's for just an hour. So y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week, and uh, I will use the slot machine and drink enough for everybody. Get it in for me, Vanessa. Get it in for me, Vanessa. Definitely. All right. Johnny D, you're up next, my brother. You are up next. Good folks. I I certainly, again, appreciate the opportunity to to serve in this capacity. Uh, Miss Vanessa, enjoy your vacation on the best coast, which is the East Coast. And uh, enjoy your family. Enjoy the time. And I'm looking forward to next week. Thank you. All right. Well, Jerome, you 
I've got the floor, my brother. All right, you know, I want to give a shout-out to Kathleen Williams, Esquire. Now, I don't know if she wants me to say this, but just in case she's listening or going to listen to this in the archives, Kathleen is traveling, and she's making me feel like I do nothing all day. She is on a mission where they're providing medical services and setting up pop-up clinics to, I'll tell you what country a little bit later, but she's going to... I think they're going to do each Paris, three Parises a day, with about 250 people per Paris. So they're going to do 700 people, 750 people a day for six days that they're helping. So they're using IT workers, people in the healthcare facilities, doctors, nurses. They're doing work. And I want to say, hmm. that's how you do work and not tell anybody. So she's probably not going to mention it, but I want to shout her out, and I may be on the next trip with you. So shout out to Kathleen Williams. Most definitely. Shout out to Kathleen Shout out to Kathleen. Kathleen. Oh, Kathleen. Keep serving. And me, I just want to say, hey, 26 years ago, I flew to Germany to see a young lady do that to be born, and she didn't come out until I left. So, hey, Nicole, Riley, I love you. <laughs> always will love you. You will always be the best part of whatever comes out, and I love you. And uh, with that being said, happy birthday to Jerome. If it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it for, my friend? Time for the serious side of the J. Rowe show. All right, with that being said, I'd like to say, hey, does it get it? We'll beat you a little for myself. J. Rowe. Uh, Rich sister, I'd like to say thank you and God bless. Have a great work, folks.